a fight, I accidentally kill you, I go to jail. Anybody accidentally kills anybody in a fight, they go to jail. It's called manslaughter. to the show this is reservations and i'm rain whalen and i'm cornelius fletcher oh uh, you as soon as you said cornelius i was like are you gonna reuse a name you've already used before no i don't think i've used that one well you've used cornelius before that's have i really Wait a minute Fuck. yeah uh cornelius starfish i believe that's a good one yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, I, I guess I like the name Cornelius. Maybe that's that's on me. Well, I mean that has to be the name of yours and Haley's firstborn. Now it's yeah. written in the stone. Yeah. <laughs> maybe eventually. Welcome to, well, welcome back, everyone. Uh, welcome to the bonus episode. Um, I don't remember when this became a thing, but now it's a thing, and yeah. we're going to do a bonus episode every season now. It's fun. You know, it is it's fun. fun to, you know, break the mold. We're not, you know, I'm not having to do research or read articles or any sort of thing. I'm just here, you know? Yeah. Uh, I've never been more here uh, since I've been at my mom's house. Hang on, let me fix that. Um, <laughs> I'm in her office. Uh, can you tell? Uh, this is uh, not my normal background. So. Yes. Uh, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, yes, we are doing this over uh, Riverside because, uh, Ashley and I got the vid, um, again, again, um, we're thinking we got it probably on our way home from Disney world, not to flex or anything. What like makes that. you think that, uh, what, what, uh, who do you think was patient zero on your, uh, on that flight? I don't know, but I'm going to blame it on this mom and her fucking bratty ass kids. Sure. So I'm going to blame it on them. Okay. Because uh, one of her kids kept crying, and it was it was more so he was just trying. He just wanted to make noise, like like she she bonked the top of his head when we yeah. landed in Dallas, um, on the you know where the lights are in the plane, mm-hmm. and it wasn't even that like like he, she didn't like ram his head. She was going to stand up as she was holding him, and his ah uh, bonked him a little, yeah, yeah, and Makes he was sense. just like, <gasps> and Ashley and I, well, see, and Ashley and I were already. Not in a good mood because we landed in Dallas when our connecting flight was boarding. Oh, I've been there. And so we had, and so we had to sprint across Love Field to get to our flight to come home. Otherwise, we would have been stranded in, in Dallas. Um, and I had a blister on my foot, so I'm like oh, hobbling. Right. Yeah. So okay, try this next time. I saw this on a show called Detroiters, which is one of my favorite shows. Tim Robinson uh, and Sam Richardson. Uh, and Sam Richardson. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Tim Robinson's character gets in a in an argument with like a seven year old, or he's like eight <laughs> or whatever, and and the dude's mom was like, "Excuse me," he goes, "Hey, lady, your husband's a real jerk," and she's like, "Husband, that's my son." It makes me laugh so hard. So next time like that happens, you're like, "Ma'am, your husband's being a real dick." All right, because she's like, "Husband, whatever." Husband, yeah. Try that. Uh. 
But yeah, so Ashley and I got the vid. Um, thankfully, I have had no symptoms. Like, I can still smell. I can still nice. taste. A um, little congestion, but I feel mm. great. So hopefully... And luckily, now you know, we don't have to quarantine as long anymore. So. Yeah. If anything, you feel more healthy than ever before, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, so but yeah, so, so we're doing this over Riverside. But also, yes. Um, sorry. Uh, Jeremy is um, not in Dallas yet. If you watched our update video, which I think no. one person has watched. It. Yeah. It wasn't Zach. I don't think he didn't mention anything about it. So. Let's look at the analytics real quick. All right, cool. Four people have watched it. Oh, right on. So he might have been one of them. Um, I know he did answer our question on the forums today. So yeah, shout out uh, to Zach. Cool. Zach, you're the best buddy. Yeah, and Hunter uh, too. Hunter, Hunter did too. So yeah, uh, shout out to Zach and Hunter. So everyone, you may be wondering what this bonus episode's about. You know, we've covered movies we hate. We've covered movies that got us into being cinephiles. So today, we're going to cover movies that we feel are underrated. You know, maybe um, they didn't do very well in the box office, or maybe they just kind of flew under the radar, or something like that. Um, because that happens a lot. You know, Zach said, uh, this movie right up here, The Green Knight, was one of them, and I 100% agree um, you know, Jeremy, we saw it together. Oh, we saw it with Alex and Ashley. Yeah. And it was, it was great. We loved it, yeah, but it's amazing. A lot of, I've mentioned it to a lot of people and they're like, Oh, I, I didn't, I didn't even know that movie. I was like, Ugh. like, how could you not? It's so odd um, because like, you're right. Cause we're so, we're, we're so, I, I don't know how to put it. Just like we're drowning in information. The two of us. Mm-hmm. With film, you know, happenings and movie goings on, because uh, that's what we like and that's what we put ourselves into. But if people don't do that, right, it's sort of like how I think it's fascinating and I think it's almost impossible that people can know football stats about a, about a player or, you know, know pretty much everyone on a team and then know their stats. And then my dad has this sort of like Rain Man-like quality to walk me through his golf game that took four and a half hours. He could walk me through the entire thing without missing anything, right? He can shot yeah. by shot, tell me exactly what happened on each hole. And I'm like, dude, what, what's going on? Like how many, how many toothpicks did I just drop? You know what I mean? That's crazy. But, um, but I think that's what it is, right? We put ourselves in this situation. We put ourselves in, in what, what we love and what we like and, it just so happens what we really, really like and what our passion is, is sort of just a, is something people just casually are interested in, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody likes movies, right? In their own way. We're just a little bit more deeper into that. So that's why it's, it's more, it's, it's a little more interesting to think about it that way because it's not like, you know, this person's really in to soccer, you know? Yeah. yeah, so are a whole bunch of other people. But it's more than likely you're going to say, hey, did you check out that game? Last and people are going to be like, fucking what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Yeah. Or this certain oh, player yeah. or whatever, right? 
Um, I only just recently, speaking of um, of sports, I recently discovered uh, just the other day that I think I may hate LeBron James. <laughs> Space Jam: A New Legacy didn't already do that for you? No, I didn't. I didn't see it. But also, I I saw the way he was acting when um, a ref didn't call a foul. Um, and he just threw a temper tantrum. Like, dude's yeah. almost 40 years old. You know what I mean? Yeah, man, that's... And it's on, like, what a what? bitch. Like, Jordan would have never done that. And that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Rodman would have never done that. You know, uh, Barkley would have never done that. Shaq would have never done that. They would have clocked the other guy in the jaw before they would throw a tantrum uh, on the court. And so that's... I'm not even a, a basketball guy. I just don't like that he's such a bitch and that people are, are saying he's the best player of all time. No, sir. No, man. That is not. Dude, you, and you, I just came to this realization. So you just, you just alienated our entire, I know uh, <laughs> who are LeBron James fans. And here's what's so funny is uh, Hunter um, just heard this, uh, uh, this Ted talk today. I'd said it to him today. Um, at work. So, sorry, Hunter, if you're listening, which he said he would, um, that he had to listen to it again. And the new guy who was sharing an office with him, my boy LeBron James is his favorite player. So I'm like, hey, man, like, no disrespect. Like, this is this is just my opinion. I, I'm so sorry. I don't know. I don't watch basketball. I'm so sorry. You know? Uh, we should, I should start putting um, at the bottom of the descriptions on all our episodes, uh, what Anthony Fantano does where it says, y'all know this is just our opinion, right? Yeah, uh, we should. Cause, uh, I'm so sorry. Um, I if I, should. well, it's like, if I were to do the same thing, well, let's get back to film with James Cameron, right? I'm not sorry. Right. Cause no, James Cameron's mind. a, James Cameron's a fucking asshole, but it's because I know more about that than I do. About, I'll apologize for basketball because all I all I know is what I can see in these short clips that I'm given yeah. on accident. You know, I'm not immersed in that world. But with like fucking James Cameron, he can you know you know fuck that guy in the mouth, dude. That guy's awful. <laughs> um, but <laughs> anyway, all right, uh, movies <laughs> that we think are underrated. Sorry. No, you should, dude. Now, um, uh, now here, I'll tell you off. I'll, I'll tell you off because we've been we've been ranting for too much. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you when time. we're done. Um, okay. Yeah. So okay. So movies that we think are underrated. Uh, yeah. Jeremy, would you like to go or would you like me to go? Since next season you're going to get to start it, so would you like Thanks, to? Get yeah, to I'll kick this on one this? off. Yeah. Right. Uh, my first one. Um, I didn't send you any of these, did I? No, because um, I didn't send you mine. Now, do you want to okay, go one for one? You go one. Then yeah, one. yeah, we'll go one on one. Okay. Um, my first one is a is an animated film. Uh, it's called Mary and Max. Uh, mm. I don't know. Have Have you seen this? Um, I have not. It uh, does not sound familiar at all. Uh, Adam Elliott uh, wrote and directed this film. It is truly, truly amazing. Um, it's set in. Australia, it is about a little girl uh, who just, out of the blue, uh, who's living in Australia, decides to write uh, to a random person in the phone book, and it just so happened to be uh, Max. He lives in New York, and uh, he is, are you looking it up? 
he yeah, is yeah, I'm sorry he's sort of autistic i think you would say now um he doesn't really understand people he has a hard time making friends he has a hard time talking to people um he uses his anxieties to eat um and they become fast friends over uh just over just uh, letters back and forth to one another uh for years uh, and it is a beautiful story about friendship it is funny it's heartbreaking it's beautiful I love Mary and Max, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Tony Collette, uh, even I was Eric Bana. Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to see who was in it, and man, as soon as yeah. I saw Phil Sy Hoffman, Phil Sy Hoffman, uh, you know, because we get choked up on cue each time. Yeah. Uh, honestly, like that's all you had to say. Um, yeah. Stop motion with Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm sold. Uh, truly, truly great. I love Mary and Max, and I think it it deserves a lot more praise uh, than I think that it, it's lost to time. Of course, this is um, well over ten years ago, and people oh, just okay. don't talk about it. And it's hard to find. Uh, that's you know, I ordered I, it on Amazon, and it took it was expensive, and it took a while. I was just about to ask because um, I, I think this would be a good way. You know, I was just about to ask you, you know, why do you think it fell under the radar? <clears throat> I mean, those two reasons could be it, but do you think there's another reason why it... it, it... It's a, It appeals to not a singular demographic, right? It's not really a kid's movie. Um, right. It's a little more complicated than that. Um, of course, kids can watch it. That's not a big deal. I mean, there's some, you know, lightly suggested things in there. I mean, it's not egregious, but... It's also yeah, just, you know, yeah, I mean, it's just it's different. It, it's dealing with a lot of really complicated themes of, you know, who these people are and what they're dealing with and their, their struggles and anxieties. And, um, it's, it's also, you know, this weird sort of animation that, you know, it doesn't really belong to a popular studio. Right. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the stills on IMDb and I, well, see, I, I love the animation style. I, I think yeah, it's, I, do I think it is very reminiscent of very early Tim Burton. Like, if anyone has seen his short film, Vincent, um, that's what it kind of reminds me of a little bit. Um, yes, I would agree with that. As of right now, you can stream it on AMC+, but who the fuck has that? Um, fuck AMC+. Plus. And... I don't think it's on iTunes. I could double check that, but uh, I bought mine off Amazon. Um, it is hard to find physical copies of this thing, um, especially out in the wild. Good luck. Uh, you probably have to just order it, but I can't recommend it enough. I think it's wonderful. So, um, yeah, it's definitely um, it's definitely caught my attention. You know, yeah, uh, I think you'd love it because you know, as next season. <laughs> There's going to be any evidence that people right. haven't realized yet. Um, you know, I love Tim Burton and this feels very Tim Burton esque. In know. a way. Yeah. A way, I think yeah. just in, just in the New York style, cause it's in black and white. Right. Mm -hmm. um, in, in Australia, things are in color. Sort of. It's sort of a more sepia yeah. color. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen that in the stills. What? Oh, and sorry, she sends him a little puff style. ball. She sends him a little puffball for his hat, but that stays in color. 
And so when you that's, see it in the in the pictures, it that that's in color, but everything else is still black and white. Adorable. I know it's a really great movie. So um, Mary and Max, um, go check it out. Came out in two thousand nine, and um, written and directed by Adam Elliott. So nice. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> so for my first one. Um, I realized when I was making my list, I was like, oh, these movies are going to progressively. Well, not really. I think the first two you're going to be okay with and the third one. I sure. think you're going to be upset with. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> my first one, um, and this may be an unpopular opinion, but this is just how I felt about it, um, is Cherry. Okay. I um, absolutely love Cherry. I, mm-hmm. I loved it the minute it opened. With the red tech, with the um, the red overlay, with the tech, mm-hmm. like I was in love automatically. Yeah. Um, now, for those of you who don't know, Cherry has Tom Holland, um, who it's on a, a semi autobiographical movie about a army. Uh, uh, he's a medic, right? Yeah. Yeah, army medic. From what I remember. Uh, during the Iraq War who comes home with undiagnosed P, uh, PSD, PSD? I'm, PTSD. I feel like I'm saying a lot of PTSD. I was like, I feel like I'm yeah. saying a lot of stuff wrong. That's right. Undiagnosed PTSD. Um, cause this is before doctors really knew how to treat, uh, people in the armed forces coming home. Um, and so he does the only logical thing by doing copious amounts of drugs and, robbing banks to pay for said drugs. Um, this was the uh, Russo brothers first project after Marvel was all done. They had just wrapped up Endgame, So this was their first project post Marvel. And I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a different setting to see Tom Holland in. Uh, Cause as we discussed in the devil all the time, I think he has proven himself a very versatile actor and cherry is very far in left field yeah and i think i think that's one of the reasons why it fell under the radar like a lot of people weren't expecting him to you know fuck this fuck that and do a bunch of drugs and yeah um i think you know it's really yeah it's super interesting because number one it was on apple tv right it was an Mm -hmm. apple tv plus original which i don't I still don't think a lot of people have Apple TV. I mean, maybe because I think Ted Lasso's become extremely popular. So I, I think that uh, maybe more people have subscribed. But um, I to say that the reviews were bad would be an understatement. The reviews were really bad. And I was surprised by that uh, because I also liked the movie. Um, uh, there, I, I could see why some people wouldn't like it. I could see some issues. Um, but here are things I loved. And let's see if you agree. Okay. I loved the the small things like um, the bank, the the letters, people's name tags. Like they're all surreal, right? Because mm-hmm. like the bank doesn't have a name. I forgot what it said. Um, I think it, it just was said, like it was like bank of bank or something, or it was like bank of go fuck yourself or something like it, it like it, it was something funny like that and then yeah he he had a letter and a lot of it just said blah 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 
like literally the words blah 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 right because uh, mm. it doesn't matter right it doesn't matter what it says uh, people's name tags um you know just say like mr doctor or um uh, miss secretary or whatever you know what i mean yeah. stuff like that uh that stuff i really really liked because uh, he is sort of this unreliable narrator and also it's just to highlight that you know memory is fogged um mm-hmm. by his drug use and his ptsd there were parts of the movie i didn't like i guess um but you're right it really did i don't know as much as it fell under the radar or it would fall under one of our previous um bonus episodes which is movies that we love that people hate um this would have been a good contender for that because people really do not like that movie yeah yeah they really yeah they really don't like cherry and i don't i really don't know why i mean i agree it's not a perfect movie you Mm -hmm. know the russos unfortunately post marvel have had a very up and down career since you know leaving uh the marvel golden boys chair i would say that i mean marvel has suffered the same thing you know in the same amount of time so yeah. that's, you know, I mean, fuck you, um, Quantumania. You know what I mean? Like, have, have you seen it yet? No, it's getting, Neither have I. it's getting slaughtered. Yeah. Well, Which is crazy, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I really love Cherry and <laughs> it had decent reviews, but yeah, I, yeah. So, Cherry, that was, that was a good, one. no, that's a good choice. Um, my turn again. Yes. Oh yeah. I'm let me, pretty let me sure. Maybe... <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure I've talked about this movie before, uh, but this is in a different context. Um, so this one's a hard movie to recommend to most people. Okay. Um, I think it's un- it's under shut up. It's underrated for quite a few reasons. Sorry, my my fucking watch. It's underrated for a lot of reasons, and I think it's because people don't give it a chance. Okay? Okay. People see one thing about it, and they think that's all it is. Okay? Okay. This movie is wonderful. It's a great love story. But it's a difficult love story to tell, and it's not only is it heartbreaking, but it's realism obviously his realism is is a little too intense for most and that's gaspier no no way is love um oh. uh yeah um oh the that one yeah so it, it <laughs> see it's that right there so once you once you <laughs> once you google it okay so let me explain uh, if if our listener doesn't know uh gaspier no is uh, whom we've talked about on the podcast before we've done irreversible um and i think a more digestible film of his would probably be i mean which is impossible right uh to find mm-hmm. something that most people would find interesting of his maybe enter the void maybe climax um people might enjoy i've heard his new film vortex is really really good uh, which i haven't seen yet uh, but love. So love came out in 2015. Um, it portrays non-simulated 
sex scenes, meaning the uh, the actors are actually uh, engaging in sexual intercourse during these scenes. Um, and it is a love story being told through the the sexual part of their relationship, right? Mm. Um, it is told in reverse. I mean, you, of course, it's told in reverse chronological order um, through most of it. By that, I mean it's the scenes are working backwards, kind of like Irreversible, but not quite as as intense as Irreversible. Um, yeah. And once you get to the end, I mean, if you hang in there and if you can, if you can look past what most people would say is a gimmick, which I don't think it is, uh, I think it's it is shocking and it is provocative. But I think for what Gaspier Noé wanted to do was show a real, the most realistic sexual relationship he can, while also portraying their their loss of love for each other it is heartbreaking and at the end you are just completely enamored by this relationship by this um, couple it's a it's a thruple right that's the whole point uh, of it. kind of not really um it, it is in an instance but then um but then things sort of shift and it's, it was supposed to be just like a one-time thing. And then, you know, thing, you know, whatever. Um, it starts, uh, a face. Some of our listeners may recognize, uh, Carl Glussman, uh, who is in nocturnal animals. Um, hell yeah. And, and he's, I don't know. Yes. He's also in depths, um, which is a show that I absolutely love. Um, shout out shout out to devs man shout out to devs um and shout out to alex garland just you know whatever um so love i i think this movie's incredible and i think it is i understand why people don't want to watch it or i understand why people just think it's the one thing and it's the gimmick which Mm -hmm. i don't again i don't see as a gimmick i think other people might uh, you and Alex told me about this movie, right? When we went to mm-hmm. Weatherford to visit set. I'm right? sure. Yeah. I want to say y'all did. Because I think we got on the subject of... Because, uh, you know, we talked a lot on all the, you know, driving yeah. to the castle and stuff like that. And I feel like we were talking about... Uh, I don't remember. But I want to say y'all brought this up. Mm-hmm. Because... I'm trying to remember the context, really. But I mean, it was a long time ago, so you might have to try yeah. really hard. Yeah, it's four years ago. Isn't that wild? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I've gotten close to watching it because it's mm-hmm. it's still on Netflix, isn't it? I think so, and that's where I saw it the first time. Uh, it was on Netflix. Shout out to Netflix, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. I know that they're bitches a lot of the time, but they're the reason I saw Antichrist for the first time. Uh, there's a reason I saw love for the first time that the reasons I saw a lot of really cool stuff. So, um, and like really bizarre, provocative stuff. Cause even, um, antichrist has non simulated sex too. So, uh, but, but it's wild. That's what it was. That's what it was. 
Because I asked, I was like, really? So you, we see Willem Dafoe getting it, and you're like, no, 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 no. Lars Montreux used. Yeah, no, it's too big. <laughs> he used no, Willem Dafoe's too large. Yeah. <laughs> well, we might have even been talking about Nymphomaniac, which, um, uh, which is Maybe. a more – so where love is really graphic, right – I mean, times mm-hmm. that by 10 and that's Nymphomaniac. So, I mean, that's not even on the same playing field. This this is more uh, more down to earth, right? Gotcha. Um, but, I mean, you turn on the movie and immediately. I mean, we're talking frame one. So, um, buckle up. If you do watch it, I mean, be respectful for people around you. Uh, if there are people yeah. around you. Yeah, don't... <laughs> Don't uh, don't watch it on a plane. I wouldn't. No. Uh, this might be a by yourselfer. You know what I mean? <laughs> I told Dad uh, that they just put Babylon on uh, on Paramount Plus today, and I told him garage door halfway down, <laughs> at least for the first hour. You know? Really? Uh, oh yeah. Oh shit. So. Oh, um, uh, yeah, love. I mean, it's tremendous. I think people should should see it. I do. Nice. Um, All right. So I'm going to save my my last one because I really struggled to to figure out my next uh, my next movie because I was like, Mm -hmm. man, like I've seen so many movies that I personally have thought were underrated, but. I remember coming across this because I looked at my letterbox. I was like, which one? Like, there's so many. Yeah. And I came across this one and I do distinctly remember. I remember people liking it, but I don't remember people raving about it. Like, okay. um, and that is the woman in black. Interesting. Um, again, another career shift for an actor. This was Daniel Radcliffe's first movie. Post Harry Potter, which I remember that's all I need. That's all I needed to know. I was like, I don't give a shit. And then when I realized it was a horror and at the time of the movie, uh, the movie coming out, I didn't have the love or respect that I have for horror that now. So I was like, Oh shit. Um, and it, and it's truly terrifying. Like, and so again, if people haven't seen, the woman in black. Uh, I have not. Point. So I am one you of You haven't seen people. the woman in black? Oh, wow. No. Okay, well, I'll make it quick. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe. It's in the um, Victorian area of London, which mm-hmm. makes it even creepier. Um, he is a, if I remember correctly, a banker. Okay. Who's going to the countryside to settle some documents for a mansion and is plagued by a woman in black um who he has to kind of uncover the mystery and it's it's really good and it's also heartbreaking because <laughs> sorry my mom is getting a phone call and it pops up on her computer which is behind mine i apologize um you know living at home you know <laughs> um yeah so the movie is heartbreaking because at its core um it's it's a story of family and it's a story of 
um, one man just wanting to kind of be free of his own ghosts because I believe again, if I, it's been a while since I've seen this, I wanted to rewatch it for this, but I just, I didn't have time. Um, if I remember correctly, he and his wife, which is another reason why the movie is so creepy is they just lost, I think his wife had a stillborn Mm. and they had, so they just lost a baby and they already have a, a son, but I guess, you know, it's still really impactful. Uh, and man, it's what makes it, what made it so terrifying is there wasn't really any jump scares. It was a lot like what our main man, Mike Flanagan did mm-hmm. on haunting of Hill house where she is in the corner of the room and we see her, but our characters aren't seeing her. And that's what makes it so terrifying. Yeah. Like I, I had to sleep with the lights on for a while. Cause yeah, it, it freaked me the fuck out. Um, but it's just, it's really good. And of course, you know, Daniel, you know, we want to talk about a versatile actor. Daniel is such a, such a versatile actor. It was almost horns, by the way. I almost did horns. But I remember more people talking about horns than I do this movie. Yeah. Yeah. People seem to like it. I watched a few minutes of it. I didn't like it. But Joe Hill's um, really hit or miss for me. It's like, dude, just like, maybe it's not genetic. You know? <laughs> um, well, because he's not doing cocaine like his dad does, man. That's know? true. We need to, we need him to like bust out a maximum overdrive real quick, get that out of his system, and then we can, we can move on. Yeah. Uh, Steven needs to be like, hey, son, let me show you how to do this, right? Hey, man, I loved the black phone. All right. I'll give him that. Um, but anyway, but no, I, I think the reason why this this one flew under is because I don't think it was the horror movie people were expecting. I think people were experiencing, because, hang on, let me, I want to say this was 20, oh shit, 2014? While you're um, doing that, um, if, if you guys haven't checked out um, post Harry Potter, Daniel Radcliffe, um, A Young Doctor's Notebook, Please, please, please go check out A Young Doctor's Notebook. Holy shit. It's so fucking funny. And it's <laughs> it's great. I loved it. It's darkly funny, but it's it's amazing. We only go got three out. seasons, right? Two. That's right. I think two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I would love more. Uh, yeah, John anyway. Hamm, of course, is in it as well. But anyway, go ahead. Uh, so 2012. Um so yeah, paranormal activity had kind of really redefined by that point, a ghost horror movie. And so, so I think that's why a lot of people didn't pay attention to it is because I think they went into it thinking like, Oh, Daniel Radcliffe in a horror movie. Well, let's see. You said 2012, right? 2012. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Top movies of 2012. Let's see what came out that year. Top films of 2012. This is what happens when we don't have an assistant. I have to. I know. Um, For sure. I know for a fact the Avengers came out in 2012. Yeah. So did Flight, Prometheus, uh, Place Beyond the Pines, which I loved. 
Um, Perks of being a wallflower, which is amazing. Uh, Emma Watson, see? Yeah. Um, Zero Dark Thirty, uh, Ted, oh, shit. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man, uh, Pitch Perfect, Django. So, I mean, oh, Mud. Yeah, it was... And, here's it... the kicker, The Dark Knight Rises, which was, you know, a huge, uh, oh, huge deal. Um, so, was... I mean, it was overshadowed for sure, because, I mean, we're talking Skyfall, we're talking Sinister, oh. which is a horror film that we absolutely love. So, um yeah, so it was a little overshadowed. Um, yeah, it was it was up against some bangers, dude. Yeah, for sure. Um, especially especially Skyfall, man, and Django. Fuck. Fuck. There's, I know. Yeah, but I mean, I enjoyed it. It it again. I Daniel Radcliffe, just like Tom Holland, can do no wrong in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I will. Even if like uh, a critic has said like this is the worst movie ever made, if it had like a zero in Rotten Tomatoes, I would still go see it just because I think even if like even if everything's not there, mm-hmm. I know Daniel Radcliffe would be giving it all. Like now you see me too. The um, so Ashley and I love now you see me. Okay. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't really see now you see me too because Isla Fisher didn't come back, so I was like eh. okay. Uh, but of the scenes I've seen with Daniel Radcliffe, it, they're great because he's killing it as this sort of charismatic villain, which he mm-hmm. plays a very good villain, which is kind of shocking. Um, like I've been told, even though I refuse, I've been told the Lost City he's hilarious in. Uh-huh. But I really don't want to see that fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but but yeah, you know. Um, Again, I wanted to rewatch it uh, in preparation for this, but it is also a little harder to find. I think you can rent it on iTunes or buy it okay, on cool. iTunes, but um, it was a pretty big studio. I think it probably got a decent release at the time. But I didn't want to do that, so understood. Uh, yeah, here let me see. I think the studio on the poster was Enhance. Uh, I don't recognize any of these studios, my man. Oh, okay, then. Never mind. I think it was technically an independent film. Okay. But it's great. Cool. Anyway. All right, buddy. So so what's your last movie? Um, After this, I have honorable mentions, but... Um, oh, okay. That's fine. I, I have a couple as well. Okay, good. So uh, this one, I can't stress enough. If you don't watch any of the other ones I recommend, that's fine. Uh, this one... This one is too good. It's too good not to watch at least one time. Okay. So what would what okay. if I told you that the man who wrote Fantastic Voyage, the man who wrote episodes of Star Trek, episodes of Twilight Zone, made one of the most simplistic yet profound science fiction films you've ever seen. Okay, um, all I with would... just, are you ready? A science fiction film that is so amazing that is just through conversation. Okay. Uh, that person is Jerome Bixby, and the movie is The Man from Earth. All right? Mm, okay. The Man from Earth. Guys, watch this movie. It's so good. All right? 
I personally love minimalistic storytelling like this. It's it's just a guy telling a story, right? But it's okay. such an amazing story, and you have some great um, some great supporting cast in there. Tony Todd is in this movie. Um, oh, that, dude, the original yeah. Candyman. Yep. Um, it's it's about a guy who is moving. Um, after working at this uh, university for over 10 years. Um, actually, it's probably exactly 10 years. And uh, he's the history professor. And he, I mean, he is so amazing at teaching history. And um, and they're so sad that he's leaving and they're throwing them this going away party. And um, the reason he's moving is they're starting to realize he doesn't age really. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a reason why he's so good at teaching history. And, uh, it is what follows is one of the most incredible stories that he tells them. And it's so cool. So the man from earth, um, I, it's such a small movie that I'm sure that it didn't get a lot of distribution. Uh, right now you can stream it on freebie, which I don't know how to access that, but I'm sure people can figure it out. It recently got a Blu-ray release a few years ago, which is really exciting. They did do a sequel. Don't worry about it. Uh, don't, it ruins it. Don't do that. Okay. Um, the Man from Earth, Tale of Two Kitties. Yeah, a Tale of Two Kitties. Yeah, it's uh, don't do that. Um, <laughs> but definitely watch The Man from Earth. Uh, it is absolutely incredible. So, um, well, see, you know, man, I've said it on the on the show before doing this with you for so long um you know i'm i'm growing to appreciate things like you know i really want to see the fountain oh yeah aronofsky's film definitely um but that sounds interesting dude um because i'm also i'm also starting to like movies that are just a conversation i mean i mean shit uh sunset limited is (laughs) fucking forget it dude sunset limited is peak dude peak yeah um i think i told everyone when we did that when i watched that movie i think i told everyone was like you have to watch the sunset limited like yeah stop what you're doing watch it now you don't have to thank me like just watch it well i told you keegan i you know that dvd is his now you know what i mean like he told me I'll pay you for it, but I'm I'm not giving it back to you. <laughs> so <laughs> no payment needed. That was payment enough. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, that, that interests me. I'll, I'll uh, definitely of all the movies you said, for sure. Uh, Mary and Max, or is yeah. it Max and Mary? Mary and Max. That one, Mary and Max. That one I definitely want to watch. Uh, Love, I still want to, but. We'll see. I I think I will have to watch it alone. Because I yeah. think actually it'll be like, what are you watching? Oh, I there's no explanation I could ever give or any sort of warning I could ever give to Haley that she would be just like, Oh, cool. Yeah. Trust she, me, I'm not I'm not watching what you think I'm watching. Yeah, I promise you. Okay. Just hang in there with me. And she's gonna say no. And that's okay. Uh yeah. well, and see, that's a good segue into my final movie. Um, my final movie, I honestly, 
look, the reason why I'm I picked this one is just because I love this director so much. And anytime I feel like people aren't talking about his movies, I'm like, oh, well, then you missed it. <laughs> and that is Kevin Smith's Zack and Miri make a porno. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, for me, this was so different for him. Um, because as we've stressed on our Chasing Amy episode and our Mallrats episode, I love Kevin Smith. I love him so much. I still need to see um, Clerks 3. Me too. I haven't seen it either. Um, but I bought it. Zach and Mary- hey, Kevin Smith, I bought the movie. It's on my shelf. I promise. Is he listening? I, I bought it. I hope, dude, if he fucking listens, oh my God, I, I would literally <laughs> cry. Um, but no, so I, so I love Zach and Mary make a porno just because it, it's, it's so different in its concept, but it has such a simple concept because it's in the title. These two best friends to get some cash to pay their rent, to pay all their bills, decide let's just make a porno and distribute it and then we're good. And, you know, it's and to me, that's just that's hilarious because, you know, they both have jobs. It's just that. I I just don't think they have good money management, so they think, oh, we'll, we'll make a porno. That'll solve all of our problems. And. You know, it's just, it's hilarious because it's got Seth Rogen. It's got, um, oh shit. Oh, Craig uh, Robinson's in it, which uh, Craig I, I love Craig Robinson. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth Banks. Oh my God. I almost forgot her name. Um, of course, to many. Shout out, uh, shout out to Elizabeth Banks. Shout out to Cocaine Bear, uh, which yes. is coming out soon. Very excited for Cocaine Bear. Sorry. Uh, But of course, it's also got Jason Mewes in it um, because this is Kevin Smith movie and it does fit into the Kevin Smith universe. But it was just so different. And I think I think a lot of people weren't maybe taking the concept seriously, like like they weren't going to be like, oh, like they're actually going to make a porno. Right. And they fucking do. Um, now to go back to your love, this is simulated sex. So, you know, but understood Kevin Smith does do a good job of making it look almost very realistic. Um, and I think the other thing that really bothers me a lot is it was re it was remarketed Mm -hmm. as just Zach and Miri. Like they had to scrub the makes a porno. Hmm. Um, and it was on very limited of the DVD releases. Like if you found it, it would just say Zach and Mary. And oh, that's a shame. Yeah. And, and and I think that's another reason too, because that doesn't tell you anything about the movie. Like Zach and Mary, like what was fucking Kate and Leopold. <laughs> but when you hear and see Zach and Mary makes a porno, then you're like, Oh, like do they actually make a porno? You know? So, Again, that's just how I feel. I feel like Kevin Smith, once again, is getting a resurgence in his career. You know, mm-hmm. Jane Saw Bob reboot was fucking hilarious. Um, I've heard nothing but great things about Clerks 3. Yeah. Um, so I feel like Kevin Smith is coming, you know, resurging again, because you know, that's what happened with Chasing Amy. 
which I'm not going to get into. If y'all want to hear me talk about that, go listen to our Chasing Amy episode. I believe it's um, called um, uh, Me and Mrs. Inking Jones. is Tracing. Oh, sorry. Inking no. is Tracing, yeah. No, you came up with that one, and I was like, that's that's perfect. I know. Um, but yeah, man, you know, I had a feeling you were you were going to be disappointed in me. As soon as Not disappointed. No, it's fine. I, I don't hear a lot. The only thing I've seen from that is it's a clip from from Zach and Miri on TikTok. People will uh, put the clip of uh, uh, can I get a coffee? Black. Can't you see we talking? White. White. So good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know if people know what it's from, but people post that a lot. Oh, and and a hundred percent, Craig Robinson probably improvised that. It's, you think so? Well, because the whole point of that is like they haven't even begun the whole porn part yet. He's just telling him like, "Hey, like I need you to cover my shift because I got to go to a high, my high school reunion with Miri." And then, yeah, it's it's so good. Like, yeah. And I think Seth. Uh, who I, I love Seth Rogen so much. I think he was at, he was at the top of his game comedic wise in this movie. Like one of my favorite two, it happens twice in the movie. It's a, it's one of my favorite bits where these two uh, like teenagers or something are filming Miri changing and she's got on like granny panties and they're like giving Zach a hard time. And uh, they're like, yeah, we saw your girlfriend in her underwear. And Zach's like, well, too bad she's not my girlfriend, you little... F- oh, they're gone. <laughs> and then then it happens again when Zach takes a job to get, like, shot with paintballs. Mm-hmm. But they just shoot him in the, in the dick. Yeah. And they're like, oh. yeah, we just shot you in the dick. And they start to walk away. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, it's my job to get shot in the dick, you little... Oh, they're gone. <laughs> It's that's good. It's so good, man. Yeah. So, so yeah. Those those are my movies. Cool. And um, honorable mentions, so I guess. Yeah. So I was gonna say. So you had some honorable mentions you wanted to. Get I out. do. I have a couple. Um, one. The first one's Bringing Out the Dead. Um, Nicholas Cage, Patricia Arquette, directed by Martin Scorsese. Um, mm. Yeah. Not like anything he's ever done. I think it's so cool and it's very stylized. And I love the music he uses. So he uses one song as the score for the whole movie. And okay. um, it's Van Morrison's TB Sheets. And it's just incredible. Uh, very bluesy. Very, you know, um, it's, it's awesome. It's just a fever dream. Um, and John Goodman's in it as well. Um, mm. and, um, and Mark Anthony, if who cares, uh, <laughs> he's, he's in it. Um, okay. So that was one. My son, my son, what have you done is the second one. Uh, Werner Herzog, uh, Michael uh-huh. Shannon, Willem Dafoe, Michael Pena, um, Chloe Sevigny, um, fucking awesome movie, uh, based on a true story about a guy who murdered his mom with a sword in uh in florida uh need i say more so gotta go see it or go check it out i don't know where you can find it i have a dvd copy it's 
that might be just as hard to find. Um, but it's amazing. Michael Shannon, of course, gives an amazing performance. Um, and I thought about doing Take Shelter, but I don't know. Um, I think a lot of people have seen that, maybe. Uh, another Michael Shannon and, um, oh, gosh. Who cares? Um, <laughs> truly incredible um, performance by Michael Shannon, Take Shelter. Um, you got everybody's got to see that one too. So anyway, those are mine. Okay, uh, mine um are uh, you're gonna laugh at this one because I know you probably haven't seen this one. Uh, the first one is The Big Year with Jack Black, Steve Martin, and Owen Wilson. Shut up! <laughs> oh, yeah. I love this movie it's just because it's got just, it, it's a very simple concept. These guys are bird watchers and they're in a competition to see, um, see everything. And they just kind of Steve Martin and Jack Black form an unlikely friendship with sort of a love hate relationship with Owen Wilson's character. I liked it. I thought it was funny. Sure. Um, I, I always love seeing Jack Black in something different, something mm-hmm. that's not a comedy. And I mean, technically this is a comedy, but it's, he's not playing, he's not playing Jack Black, you know? Yeah, he's not goofy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the second one, uh, we've kind of talked about this movie, not like in depth, uh, is The Men Who Stare at Goats. Um, don't laugh. Why we are you have, laughing at me? Have we talked about this? Because I met uh, someone uh, who was in my class in college who got to visit that film set. Have we talked about this on the, on the podcast? Yeah, you've told the story, I think, yeah. two or three times. Oh, okay, um, cool. Well, it's it's but, the closest I've gotten to Jeff Bridges, so. Yeah. Um, the movie is just so strange, but it has an awesome cast. Jeff Bridges, George Clooney, um, Ewan McGregor. I think we have Spacey. talked about it a little bit because I always say that it feels like a Coen Brothers movie and it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I think no. that's – I think it's usually what we said about it. Yeah. Um, and then last but not least, and this one isn't really more of a under-the-radar movie. It's just a nostalgic movie for me that I don't think gets enough attention. Now, it technically has two titles. Um, the the original American title and then the um, the international title. Uh, the Rundown with The Rock uh-huh. and Sean William Scott. Sean William Scott, yeah. Um, I love that movie. It was the first movie I ever saw The Rock in. That actually, I realized that's who that was. Okay. Um, I'm not. I'm not counting The Mummy Returns because he's not sure. technically in it. Um, but I love that movie. I thought it again. Very simple concept. Great cast. Um, fucking Christopher Walken's the bad guy. Like sold. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, so mine are a little bit older and not really deep as yours. But I haven't seen yeah, but I haven't seen any of those. So I mean, it it, really? it plays to the to the fact that yeah, they are underrated. Cause I, I haven't seen any of that shit. Um, I would of my three, I would highly recommend the Men Who Stare at Goats. It's a great okay. movie, really funny, and yeah, it feels like a Coen Brothers movie, but they had yeah, nothing to do with it. I, I think it's because Burn After Reading in that movie came out. Maybe came out right yeah, that makes time. that makes a lot so. of sense. Uh, I refuse to pick a top out of the four I mentioned, you just have to, you just have to choose, you know, I, yeah. I, you know, they're all good. You know, um, 
shit, there's something I was going to say. Oh, when you said it was a nostalgic movie, you're not sure anyone had ever seen it or no one talks about it anymore. This is what went through my mind. It's because I thought about it just the other day. I thought you were going to say Cats Don't Dance. That fucking movie's awesome. Dude, okay. That fucking movie is the best. I know. I think I think you and I are the only ones who remember it. Probably. Which is very disappointing. I used to love seeing that trailer um, on our... Oh, fuck, what was it? Uh, I think it was our Batman Forever VHS. Um, yeah. Because, well... It was my grandparents. My grandparents had Batman Forever on VHS and I would borrow Amazing. it constantly. And that was my favorite part. I mean, I love... Uh, it's sure. a guilty pleasure movie. I love Batman yeah. Forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, But man, uh, fucking Cats Don't Dance, dude. Cats Don't Dance. It's fucking awesome. All right, so there's, the, there's the one we snuck in at the wire. Everyone needs to go see uh, Cats Don't Cats Dance. Cats Don't Dance. The, uh, the cast is out of this world. Uh, Don Knotts is in it. Uh, it's incredible. Do you think the they music's blew the amazing? Budget? Uh, do you think they blew the budget on all the talent they got, like they did Osmosis Jones? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know because the the music's incredible. They got James Ingram uh, to do some of the music. James Ingram was a big talent at the time. Um, you can uh, you can buy it or rent it on iTunes. I just looked it up. Incredible. Now the soundtrack is hard to find. Good luck. I bless you. I've I've been looking for a CD of that soundtrack for years because I think that soundtrack kicks ass. And I think Scott Bakula plays our main character, Danny. I believe. Um, Dude, shout out to Quantum Leap. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to men of a certain age. Can we just like shout Here we go, bro. DVD on Amazon. $13. Boom, go get it right now. I have the DVD. I almost brought it to Midland so I could watch it here in my mom's house. So <laughs> it was this close. Oh man. Well, Jeremy, are you ready to wrap up, wrap up, wrap up, wrap up? Yeah. Um Okay, so in case anyone didn't listen to our end of season finale uh last week how dare you um i give another little we'll give another little tease um dude fucking poor zach by the way dude like we made him watch zero theorem and i feel bad uh because like he he watched it for the show and i feel so bad about that (laughs) well here this might make you feel a little better um jazz reached out to me and she was so excited that we talked about that Really? And I was like, have you listened to our conversation yet? And she was like, no, but I, I saw that y'all did it. And I was like... She's like, no, but I'm, I'm sure that you gave it glowing reviews. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure almost. you treated it with respect. Almost. She was like, that movie's so good. And the meaning... So she understood it. So we didn't... Well, fucking let's get her on, dude. I know. Um, but yeah. So here, that does that make you feel a little bit better? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. But Zach, you know, he texted me after and he was like, yeah, man, I completely agree with you. Like, it, it's a lot of substance, not a lot of you know, follow through. And I go, buddy, I'm so sorry you watched it. <laughs> you know, like, I feel so bad. Uh, this next time, I think will be a little bit better. Uh, yeah. Next go around. Yes. It depends. Yeah, so next- I haven't seen a lot of these uh, Fritz Lang movies, so we'll see. Yeah. Oh, you were about so to talk next- about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're getting ahead of me, dog. Sorry, uh, sorry, sorry. So next season, everyone, we are 
both picking a director. Jeremy, as he just kind of said, he's picked Fritz Lang. I have picked Tim Burton. And we were just going to talk about some of their filmography. Um, I'm going to do it in a certain way. I don't know about you, buddy. But I had this idea today. I'm going to talk about the movies I picked um, chronologically. So oh, I'm doing the... I'm doing the exact same thing. Awesome. So, so I can kind we of did talk not about talk Tim's... about that. Hell yeah. Yeah, we did um, not discuss this before. So cool. So this way we can both talk about their progression as directors. Yeah. Cause um yeah, man, because I've got some on my list that I haven't seen at all. Okay. Um and I've got some that I've seen repeatedly that I've just wanted an excuse to talk about. This might be uh, this might be too much of a tease, and we can bleep this. Um, but are you are we doing Sleepy Hollow? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Right on. Fucking, you were just you were just saying how weird it is. Christopher Walken's the bad guy in the rundown, and it's like fucking. It's weirder that he's the the horseman. <laughs> but yeah. whatever. <laughs> I may I may I may bleep that just because I think it would be really funny for comedic timing <laughs> yeah sure just just so people can be like what the fuck did they just say because then we'd be coming back right now yeah well i would hope it's not a continuous bleep i hope it's several just <laughs> i hope it's several bleeps <laughs> so it's not so irritating to listen to maybe well we'll see i that's, guess that's a future rain problem sure it is but all right. Well, you know, man, I think we gave everyone, Zach, um, yeah. some, I mean, definitely some good movies on your end. Some, I think you enjoy. gave good movies on your end, too. <laughs> well, I think, I think mine were purely for entertainment value. Sure. You, like, I feel like yours are definitely ones that, like, are, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I still want to see yours, but I think yours definitely require, um, yeah you have to think about them as were the ones I picked or just like not saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying no, that's, that's great. I'm saying that's great that you pick movies. People are going to have to think about. And I pick movies that you just watch and like, Oh, okay. That was the movie. Yeah. Except at the end where we're both like, Hey, just like scrap all that. Have you guys seen cats don't dance? <laughs> yeah. Watch cats don't dance. Uh, it's uh, so good. Everybody should see it. It's amazing. Imagine if we did that we tell people we're going to do this and then the whole episode is just cats don't dance. <laughs> well, that's what I do when, if I just have the, the forethought of thinking about it first, uh, someone asked me about a movie and I told them the synopsis, but I just give them the synopsis of cruel intentions, uh, no matter what the movie is. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like, it's like that thing that Paul Rudd used to do on Conan. Yes. When he would promote a movie. It was always that fucking dude. He movie. even did it on the podcast. Because uh, he was on Conan's podcast, and uh, and he always sets it up so well that Conan is is put completely off guard, and it's Mac and me, by the way, and he oh. always just shows that one clip from Mac and me. <laughs> it's so fucking good. He is so good at at subverting Conan's expectations because he gets them every time. Damn. That's because Paul Rudd's the best, and he's he an ageless vampire, obviously. I, I agree. I, I just saw Seth Rogen say, you know, when we started out together, Paul Rudd used to be older than me, and now I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Rudd is older than Seth Rogen. I want everyone to think about that. 
Yeah. Uh, but my man's is looking good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. All right, everyone. Well, we hope you enjoyed the uh, the bonus episode. Maybe got yeah. some good recommendations. Yeah. See D- Catstone Dance. Absolutely. Um, and we will see you in season eight. Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. You would be so kind. <laughs> got someone very special here. She's about to speak her mind.